ordains a service just for his people. And the world doesn't always need to hear what is just for us. And I want to thank Brother Hayes for being sensitive to the Holy Ghost in this service. God ministered to some that were uh, here and um, a very, um, uh, very much good was done. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to the third chapter of Matthew. And um, I may not preach a long time tonight, but I do have something that the Lord wants me to share with you. Praise God. I'm not going to read all of it. I eventually will. But um, I'm going to read verses 1, 2, and 3 this time from uh, Matthew chapter 3. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is uh, he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. You may be seated. Praise God. God has got us into a situation right now. In the divine will of God to prepare us or help us to prepare ourselves to uh, enter into what he has. Now, I said some stuff this morning that I think probably went over the heads of some people, but tonight it's just us. And so uh, I'm going to uh, say some things, and, and, and the uh, gift of faith operates so powerfully in this uh, congregation here that uh, what uh, I say I always know that those that are us, and I'll just use that term, uh, those that are us will get it and receive it. And um, God is preparing us because he, and the Lord started dealing with me probably a year or more ago. It might have been, I don't know. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a while. That God is going to release some things into the earth that have not been released since the first church. We have to have it. We have to have it in order to reap the final harvest. Folks, we are coming up to the time of the final harvest. Just before the rapture of the church, at rapture of the church will not take place tomorrow. I'll guarantee you it is not the will of God. It will not happen because it cannot happen until there is a harvest there has to be a harvest. And when I was a kid, every preacher put you into guilt and condemnation if you didn't believe the rapture could take place tomorrow. Well, they were scripturally inaccurate, very zealous, very honest, very hungry for God. Uh, but the uh, harvest, the end time harvest has to happen before the uh, rapture of the church and when it hits folks I'm telling you it is time it, it's time now because I know several people that have just absolutely I could name their names one that pastored a church not more than 65 miles from right here uh, four or five years ago however I don't know how long ago just was tying his shoe and dropped brother bright up 
dropped dead tying his shoes, uh, I guess in the morning, uh, with a heart attack. Uh, the missionary, the, the father of the uh, ones that are preaching the crusade in Mexico right now, just boom, dropped dead of a heart attack. Uh, I preached in Okinawa at um, the church there, or one of the churches there in Okinawa, and the uh, pastor that was there while I was there just, you're, you're, it might be, wow, it was during COVID, fell dead of a heart attack. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. I don't care. Uh, I, I, I don't care. That's one thing. You do not gamble, and I'm not a gambler. The Lord delivered me from that, uh, and that was way back before I got the Holy Ghost, okay, way back, over 50 years ago. Somebody think, oh, he's been out playing the slots or whatever. No, 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 no. That was when I was a teenager. Um. At, at school, at high school, junior high and high school, uh, that's, that's years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm not a gambler, but if I was, I would not gamble with my soul because that is forever. There are no redos. There are no second chances. I cannot say that enough. You never gamble with your soul. You do not Go a day that you are not ready to go because if something happens and you are not ready to go, I just said it. There's no redos. You can't do it over. So I, I am very cautious. I am very conscious that every day, every day, I walk upright before God and uh, in my trying when I stumble and, and, and mess up because I'm trying because my heart is right because I am flesh grace will cover me until he brings it to my attention and John the Baptist came on the scene and his first words almost was repent it is no, it is no uh, coincidence that Brother Austin had us repenting this morning or this afternoon at pre-service prayer. That is not something that we should take lightly. We should not only live in repentance. And I, I know that I have mentioned it before, but God put me on a time of repentance uh, for five months, several years ago. And all I could do when I went to prayer was repent, repent, repent. I, I, I ought to this day, I don't know why, but it would not leave me. It didn't matter what I wanted to pray, went to pray. It was a prayer of repentance and it was laying on me so heavy. And I know that I have shared it with you before, but this, this is, we've got to get this. I repented literally for not repenting enough when I was doing nothing but repenting and, and just trying to get everything cleaned out, uh, just, just taken uh, uh, care of. Because there is a coming move of God and God is not going to use everybody. There are churches that are not positioning themselves for the end time harvest 
and they will watch as it happens around them. In Azusa Street, we get a glimpse of what a move of God is. And in Azusa Street, of course, they didn't have email and text and all of the modern things. They had, um, what was that? That do 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 do. What, what do they call that? Morse code. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah, they they. Te- yeah, telegraph. All right. Uh, the. It's not clear enough in here for me to hear, and, and it's not that my ears are that bad, but whatever. Uh, but in a three-year period, people had time to hear about it and come, literally all the way from China and around the world to Azusa Street. Azusa Street impacted the whole world. From, and I've been on the location, it was in the year 2006, which was the 100 year anniversary of of Azusa Street. Uh, The uh, United Pentecostal Church had a Holy Ghost rally down in the area bunch of people got the Holy Ghost, and um, then we all made a trek to Azusa Street and had some type of, I can't remember, it wasn't exactly a street meeting, but it was some type of ceremony or whatever, and a uh, very, very small um, building. You could fit that building in this building going this way, and it probably wouldn't go as far as maybe the front from, from this wall to the front row, uh, wide, and maybe that, it might be that far. But they got in there, and they prayed, and they started praying, and they started praying, and they started praying. Now, I understand that in order to get to this place, there has to be a divine move, a quickening in God's people to do that. But that's what God is in the process of doing with us right now, is quickening that to us to where when we go to pray, we don't go to pray by the clock, but we go to pray and tarry until we get in position that God can use us and do what he wants to do. He's going to pour it out on somebody. He's going to pour it out somewhere. He's going to pour it out where people are hungry. Those that just think I can go through another week and, and just mark time and, and come to church and do what I do and go home and then just not think about God until uh, next week and then I'll go do my duty and uh, then I'll, I'll, I'll give God a couple hours, I'll give God a day, I'll give God whatever and then, and then repeat the cycle. They're, they're, they're going to stand and watch as God does what he does, that he's only going to do it through people that have been hungry enough for him and seeking him to use them and be a part of what he is doing. He is revealing to us now what he's going to do and what he wants to do. It is now up to us to position ourselves. I'm going to tell you, I got a hold of it. I, I, I mentioned this morning that I saw 
in the spirit myself coming out of the upper room endued with power from on high and I knew everybody I touched was going to be healed. I've already, God has already spoken to me. He has already confirmed it through someone that preached here a couple of years ago that the day will come I will stand up to speak in congregations and healing will just flow across the whole thing without me saying a word about healing. That day is coming. But it is not going to come if I don't pursue it and if I don't seek and hunger after him. The church of Jesus Christ has got to go to another dimension of seeking after him, reaching for him, and become dissatisfied with where we are. You can only tell the same old stories so many times. And they get old. Oh, they may, and, 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 and there are times that it is appropriate uh, to do that. But I, I have not seen enough of what I would term the supernatural that I'm just kind of hanging. God, is this all? Is this all? Is this all? And God will create that vacuum in us so that he can fill it. And once we recognize a vacuum in us and starting to hunger for that, that should cause us to be very excited in our spirit because God only allows that to happen so that he can do what we are hungering for. That hungering doesn't originate with us. Our flesh wants to take it easy. Our flesh doesn't like the alarm clock. It doesn't like, it wants to be entertained. Our flesh just, just wants to do what flesh wants to do. But when there is a hungering there, that should be our clue. God has put that there because he wants to do something through that hunger. I've told God several times just, just recently as I've been praying about what I saw in the spirit and I, and I have told God basically what I've just told you. I've said, God, you put that there because you want to do it. I am claiming your promise. I am pursuing your promise. I'm grabbing a hold of your promise and I'm going to pray it through until it comes. Praise God. Praise God. I, uh, I've seen so much. But percentage wise, it is so small and we can't really compare it to the New Testament. Yeah, we believe what they believe and we preach what they preach and we experience to a degree just a taste of what they experienced. Let me uh, go down and I'm going to read some more. The Bible said, uh, I, I just read verse 3, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John is preparing them. There is a coming move of God. It's going to, this move of God is going to be the manifestation of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And his message is to prepare Israel 
for what God is fixing to do. God always prepares his people. Not everybody's going to listen. The Bible says there went out into him all the land of Judea, and they were baptized of John in Jordan. I read one place one time, uh, somebody estimated there were 750,000 people that came out to John's baptisms and were baptized. I can't confirm or deny that, but uh, whatever the Bible just says, all the land of Judea came out, but there was a lot of people that didn't come out including the, the uh, movers and shakers in the temple. They just didn't get it. And, uh, uh, but there were enough that came that, that prepared the way of the Lord. He is not going to move through people who are not expecting him and have not prepared for him. If you're expecting company, you prepare for company. If you're not expecting company, you might put off vacuuming the carpet until tomorrow or some of the other things. You may leave the dishes in the dishwasher and not turn them on until in the morning or, or, or whatever. But if company's coming, if something is getting ready to happen, you make the steps to prepare. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. That's why his, his really his first statement was repent. He's not going to come and operate through people who are not serious about the kingdom of God. We've got to go through a time of repentance and get things cleaned out. The Bible says in verse 4 in John the same John had a raiment of camel's hair and a, and a leathern girdle about his loins and, did, and his meat was locust and wild honey. And he went out to him, Jerusalem, here, here it is, uh, all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan. Conf here they are, they're coming confessing their sins. There is something, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I've said it multiple times in the last six months wherever I have been. Repentance always breaks the back of the enemy. Satan cannot operate in the presence of, for, of, of repentance because where there is repentance, there's going to be forgiveness. And when there is forgiveness, our slate is clean and he has nothing to operate through. Satan can't do anything without a soft spot somewhere. Repentance takes that away. Whatever Satan does, it's always through some weakness in us. Even if it is an infirmity, that infirmity, there was a weakness somewhere. And Satan just attacked and attached to that weakness. It could be... Um, let, let me give you something that is just so benign, okay? Seemingly, it is. It is benign, and and um, my wife just recently shared something with me, and I heard, okay, I get it now. Um, when when uh, Pastor was born, um, you know, my wife's dad was not in the church, and he um, um, when he was awake, he was drunk around the house. That's the way it was. And um, she never got a picture 
of pastor or him holding pastor when he was a little baby. And through the years, she just finally admitted that to me. That has always bothered her. So now, I can't take a step off the porch without her wanting another picture. Picture, 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 picture. I'm sick and tired of pictures. Okay? Here was a weakness. And because of a weakness, now we compensate somewhere else. And, 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 and now, now that's benign, okay? Take, take all the pictures you want. I just bought her a new camera so she can take the best pictures. She's got the iPhone uh, 13 Pro, uh, the best that is on the market. I bought it just for that. And she now she's getting into to getting a, a, an album you can order online. You know, you order these. Uh, every time we take a trip, here is an album on that trip. She's doing one for the summer one with this this group and that group and, and, and it's starting to fill up. She you know she's getting them for about ten bucks or whatever and putting uh, you know uh, whatever. But the point of it is Satan will attack a weakness somewhere. Doesn't even have to be sin. That's not a sin about pictures. It has nothing to do with sin. Nothing to do with sin. But if there's something that is unrepented of I don't care what it is. Satan will attack that. And, and, and the first thing in order, you can't cast a devil out of somebody if they won't repent. If they're not repentant in their heart, that devil has a license to stay. But here they came confessing their sins. I'm going to tell you what, when you get people that are willing to confess their sin, you're getting somewhere. That, if, if repentance works, confession is double overtime working. God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I, I, I confess. I have messed up. I've done this. I've done that. And that by itself makes Satan run. But when he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring therefore... Therefore, fruit, meat for repentance. Your repentance has got to produce something. A change in lifestyle, a change in attitude, a change here, a change there. We've got to see some evidence that you have repented. I've seen people that would, that would do some really, really bad things. And, and there, was a, there was a situation many years ago someone really had had uh, just really done something really really bad and so it wasn't really good for them to be on the platform and they couldn't understand oh you know that was then I repented well there's some things you do you know if you you honk the horn at whoever is in front of you and not going fast enough. You can repent of that pretty quick. But there's some things you need to dig some stuff out and find out where's the root of that. And, and there are different levels of repentance that are required depending on the situation. And they just couldn't understand why, why they couldn't just say, I'm sorry. And let me just, it, it didn't, let me just, 
use something that has nothing to do with anything, okay? There's a, there's a lot of, um, in our world, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that molest people. You don't just repent. Now, you can repent and get the Holy Ghost just quickly like that. But for you to be ready to be used in the kingdom, no, we got to dig some stuff out on that one. I'm just using this as an example to, to show the different levels. And, and uh, there's got to be some contrition. And then there's got to be some fruit that that former lifestyle is no longer a part of what I am. And I, I exhibit a new identity in Jesus. Think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Now also the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is uh, hewn down and cast into the fire. The body of Christ in general doesn't really believe scriptures like this that are in the Bible because God is such a good God and a God of grace and a God that loves everybody and this is the narrative that that is preached over and over and particularly when you get into the uh, denominal world, it's just this ooey-gooey, uh, God of love that it doesn't matter what you do you just you just uh, come to church and put a couple bucks in the pot and uh, you're good to go no there comes a time that God says this is unprofitable I'm gonna cut it down and, and I'm gonna cast it to the side and the Bible says it's cast into the fire God is serious about sin. <clears throat> One thing that is, is absent in a lot of places in, in this generation is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I have talked about it several times, but I, I, I can't talk about it enough because that is where we've got to go. Matter of fact, I want to go to Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. That is uh, kind of toward the end of my scriptures there, Brother Jerry. And, and uh, flip this up there. And there shall come a, a forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. The, the branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. There are the spirits of God that are, are, are mentioned there. Let me just, uh, it, it came to me and I told him when he was here last, I just, uh, the Lord helped me connect the dots. There's a reason why so many people gravitate to Brother uh, Shelton and his phone rings all day long every day. Uh, God has given him the spirit of counsel and wisdom. I don't know how many people are in this uh, audience here, and really it isn't good. Let me discourage it. Uh, he's got enough preachers calling him that uh, uh, at least go through the channels. Come, come, come to myself and pastor, and we'll help you out. And if we need to, if, if there, there, it needs to go up the line to to this ministry than, than whatever, but the spirit of counsel and the spirit of wisdom. We see that 
in the earth just here and there. But the time is going to come. And when I was explaining to him, I, 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 I told him, I said, this is what God has given. And he, he hadn't connected the dots himself. Uh, that uh, the, the, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, I've seen it here and there and, and in a few places, but uh, the time is going to come. We're going to move from the gifts of the spirit to the spirits of God. There is a, one of the gifts is a word of wisdom. But then in Isaiah, there is the spirit of wisdom. That is what brother uh, Shelton has, but there are very, he's the only one that I personally know or have known in my lifetime that has that spirit the spirit of counsel he's the only one that i have personally known that has that spirit of counsel like that there are some great men of god that are great men of god but people don't call him and what happens is people pick up in their spirit and they can't explain it why is it those of you that have even traipsed up here on the uh platform at times after he gets through you just got to tell him and ask his advice why is it it's because your spirit connects with that spirit and 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 uh, uh, he has to deal with that wherever he goes. But the time is going to come. These spirits of God are going to be released into the earth. And it's not going to be just one here and one there. I believe in every congregation that is flowing in the Holy Ghost at that time when God does that, there are going to be the seven spirits of God that will be manifest in that congregation. We just have to position ourselves so that when that time comes, God will do it here. And I believe that he is. But one of the things that, and oh, I'm a little bit off of where I was going to go, but we're just going to go down this trail for a little while. One of the things that is so noticeably absent is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, it, it, it is manifest here at times, but it isn't re resident to the degree that, that I believe it is going to be. That is to where people who want to come prison in here and think they can sin and everything's going to be okay and they're just going to uh, blend in and nobody's going to notice and, and everything's going to be all right. Oh, no, it is not. Because the spirit of the fear of the Lord is going to say to sin, you don't do it here. We have begun to touch it. I've been praying for a long time. That's part of my routine prayer. I will walk in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And there are, we're dealing in a time when there are certain sins that people, can I say, have pride in, okay, that flaunt in your face. But in the presence of the fear of the Lord, that thing will run. They'll either repent Or adios. The church has to have that. That's why Ananias and Sapphira 
fell dead was because of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. They thought they could just waltz in there and lie and say, well, we sold this for 50,000 when they got it for a, sold it for 100,000 and lie. And, and in the scope of, of things that we would categorize, we would think, well, that wasn't the worst thing they could have done. But when we get to that place, that place of revival and that place of the outpouring that is coming, there probably are some people that think it's just going to be absolute liquid glory. No, well, well, it is going to be that, but that's not all that it's going to be. These people that think they can flaunt their sin are going to start dropping dead. I'm not talking about people who are willing to humble themselves. God will accept repentance always. But when people think they can get in the face of God, when that spirit of the fear of the Lord shows up, they will drop dead. People say, oh. We want revival or not. That, that's that's, that's going to go with it. It's, it's, God is serious about sin. He hates sin. And he will forgive sin that is repented of. But when people think, and, and, and I, I mentioned it this morning, uh, those two sons of Aaron, and I'm having a senior moment. It's tough when you get old. Uh, Nadab and Abihu. Am I right? Nadab and Abihu. Is that right? Okay. Smarter than I thought. Thought we're going to go in here and we're going to offer strange fire. They knew what the commandment of the Lord was. But they say, oh God, it won't, it won't matter. It won't matter. God won't care. He will accept this. Unfortunately for them, they didn't get a redo. I'll just, I'll just waltz into the presence of the Lord with this strange fire that didn't come from sacrifice. To them, they, they, uh, with Old Testament light, they don't have what we know now that fire had to come from sacrifice and, and God was teaching the Old Testament saints and us today that there is sacrifice that is involved in our worship. They didn't, they didn't connect the dots somewhere and, and they thought, well, we can just do this and it won't matter to God, but History is what it is. I pray and loose that spirit in this, in this place. It will cause people who are hungry for God to bow and reverence to God and repent and get right and then walk in great power. But for those who refuse to repent... How do you say it? It's lights out.
God is going to expect good fruit. Bring forth fruit for repentance. I indeed, verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And here he's going to hammer it again. He will thoroughly purge his floor. I don't think we really comprehend as a body worldwide that God will purge and most of the time it is on a continuing basis that's why some people just come in they last a while and and there's any number of reasons but there comes a time that God says I've dealt with you enough I've dealt with you enough I've dealt with you enough I'm going to purge the sad thing about it when he purges Nobody can even repent without God granting repentance. Repentance is a gift from God. The ability, the desire to repent, and I have messed up. I've got to find a place and get the forgiveness of God. That is a gift from God. All God has to do is withdraw that gift and not draw to repentance. And there is something in man that can just go their way and be just as happy as if everything is normal, not knowing that they're just simply awaiting their final judgment. Second Peter 2 and 20 and 21. For after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse than worse with them from the beginning. It had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than they have known it and turned from the holy commandment delivered unto them. I said it this morning. If you don't walk on with God, anybody, anybody receives the Holy Ghost, if they don't walk on with God, it would have been better for them to have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost than to receive the Holy Ghost and go to hell after having received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost becomes a curse to those who will not walk on with God and be saved. That's Matthew 21. <clears throat> Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out them that bought and sold in the temple and overthrew the tables, money changers, seats of them that sold doves. Said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Let me just mention it again. I want to I, I make sure we all have it. It, it. it has impacted me, the word that the Lord gave us about three or four weeks ago, that if we would travail for his children, he would fight for our children. I'm going to tell you, I take that seriously because 
if, if time goes on and, and the coming of the Lord is further down the road than what I may think, I may have great grandchildren. I want them to be born hungering and thirsting after God. I want God to fight for them after I'm dead and gone. If we will travail for his children, it's time for us to travail for his children. It's time for us to make our trip to the upper room because he is getting ready to endue his church with another dimension of power from on high. Folks, I'm telling you, I have seen it. I have seen it. God allowed me to see it about two, three months ago, however long ago it was. Saw it where everything that we did, it was just producing fruit. It was just anybody I prayed for was... was uh, was healed and, and the glory of God was there. God is preparing us. And that's why pastor's been preaching what he's been preaching the last. He didn't know anything about what, what uh, God uh, had, had, had told me and showed me and what I was praying about. And then uh, a month later, however, whenever it was, he, God told him the same thing in a different way. We're on the right track. We're heading in that direction. We're going to see. The Bible says, my house shall be called a a house of prayer, but you've made a den of thieves. After he cleansed the temple, after the axe was laid to the root of the tree, the Bible says, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. That's when the miracle started and the, and the glory of God was manifest. But first there's got to be a purging. We've got to purge everything out that doesn't, that doesn't agree with God. In the Old Testament, I, I, I wrote this down, and, and I'm going to come to a, a close in just a moment, but uh, from the book of Acts, it came to me uh, this afternoon as I was uh, going through all of this. In Acts chapter 2, 3,000, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 3, it was the lame man at the gate. In Acts 4 and 4, howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number was about 5,000. Acts 5, the Bible says, and believers were more added to the church, multitudes of both men and women. In Acts 8, Samaria received the gospel. In Acts 9, Paul was converted. In Acts 10, Cornelius and his household was converted and opened the door to the Gentiles. I'm talking about a move of God that happens when we come out of the upper room. We've got a. I hope, I hope, and I know that tonight I'm not demonstrative and I'm not loud, and I, but but I hope God is doing something in our spirit, and we're we're picking up that God is preparing us for something so that we can be ready when He gets ready to do it. I, I, I said it this morning. We're not just going to wake up all of a sudden and see revival and be shocked and stunned. The children must first be filled. They, we, we're, it's going to flow from us 
to them. And they're going to start hearing about the miracles that are happening. And they're going to start calling. And, and uh, they're going to want to come by. And they're going to want to bring their, their mama and their son and their sister and their whoever that has this disease and this illness. And God is going to heal them. And when he heals them, they're going to be prepared for the gospel. And they're going to receive the gospel. That's how it happened in the New Testament. And that is how it's going to happen now. But we got to get ready. Let's stand, shall we? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's gather around the front if we would. Hallelujah. I do have... Uh, a minimum of time that I pray unless there's just some type of extraordinary circumstance I've got to be somewhere or wherever just to keep my flesh as honest as I can keep it for the time being But I have started just zooming past that because I'm tarrying, I'm waiting. God, I'm not here just to, to do a certain amount of time and then click the time clock and go home because I believe you're preparing a people to get ready for the harvest. Praise God. And I'm going to be a part of it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. A pastor is in a crusade. And last we heard there was 200, was it 279? And, and with two services to go, they were hoping for 500. But that's not in time harvest. That is a great harvest in that one little area one area. I've seen 3,000 in about 20 minutes. And that is a great harvest. But that is not the end time harvest because it is in one location. Azusa Street spread literally around the world in three years with very little communication. With what we have News can spread around the world in 24 hours. And with today's media and social, social media and all, I hadn't really thought about it until just right now standing here. I had thought maybe that the end time harvest would last for quite a number of years. Uh, there was tremendous revival in the first century church for the Holy Ghost was poured out in around, around A.D. 28-29 probably. Jesus was born four years before his birth. That's a joke. Um, he was born B.C., 4 B.C., uh, the best they can recollect. So he would have been crucified around probably 26, no, uh, 29 
Well, you do the math. Yeah, 29 AD. <clears throat> and a lot of the book of Acts was over. The, the end of the book of Acts was concluded around 67 AD. So around 30, 35 years. And John died... John would have been, he would have died, he would have died at 96 AD, I think it was. He was, he was the older one, not the longest living one. But what we read in the book of Acts took place over 30 years with them going everywhere themselves. With ships that were sailboats and and all of this, it was cumbersome. I mean, it, it wasn't like it is now. With the social media that we have, with the media of all kinds, literally the world, the entire world can hear in 24 hours. I'm looking to book a flight to Bangladesh. I've got to go there in December and uh, it's my flesh is really battling with me because some of the flights I mean, the flight uh, the, the short ones are going to be 29 hours um, on up to 30 something hours going or coming depending on how I wind up doing it and uh, they think, oh, that's, oh, it is a grind. It's such a grind that my wife is thinking about not going. But you really mean you can go to the literally the other side of the world in 30 hours? Yeah. So we can get a preacher on site to anywhere in the world in 24 hours, 29, 30 hours to preach to somebody that communicates. We literally have people have watched our, a lot of people watched our webcast from Africa, watched it from uh, Philippines, watched it from a lot of places. And that is going on, not just this church, but a lot of churches. The gospel is being preached literally right now around the world. Uh, they've kicked us off of Facebook, but we're on YouTube. And, but a lot of people are still on Facebook and YouTube and all of that. And the gospel is going around. There's no way Satan can stop it right now. So in a moment's time, at God's time, when it's time for him to pour out what I would, I'm just going to make up a term, okay, this last day, day of Pentecost. Literally within 24 hours, the world can hear. And because of that, I don't believe it's going to be, it's not going to be 30 years. It's, I, I don't think it's going to be 10 years. I think it's going to be so fast. That harvest is going to be so fast. It's got to be because God is not going to allow the harvest to spoil. You see, what happened in the first century, they preached 
and and Paul said wolves are going to come in before before my decease. I think it's in the in in uh, his uh, writings to Timothy. Uh, wolves are going to come in, and and he he uh, some are going to be caught away, and with this and with that, and he was looking toward there being things in the church that ultimately the church went into decline and into the dark ages. God's not going to allow that to happen in this last revival. And the only way, because human flesh is so weak that you let a whole lot of stuff happen, people are going to start going. Just whatever. I don't think there is going to be time to train all of them to look like you look. I really don't. There's going to be some of them that they get the Holy Ghost and they, they love God with all of their heart. But in the midst of harvest time, you focus on harvest, not on discipleship. Our concept is what, what you are. You are disciples. Okay? This harvest, I don't think it's going to look like that. I will be very surprised. I will, I will be pleased if it does, but I will be surprised. It's going to hit. It's going to hit with a fury. It's going to be around the world because it is a God thing, not a man thing. They preached Messiah's coming, Messiah's coming for 700 years. And they were lulled to sleep and missed him when he came. But God is wakening his church now that it's time to prepare for end time harvest. And when that thing hits, watch it. Maybe it'll last a year. I, I, I honestly don't see it lasting 10 years. I honestly don't. Now, since I'm, I'm just rambling along in this area, let me tell you, those that are the laborers will have a position in heaven that the harvest does not have because they will not have uh, matured. They won't have labored in the field. The rewards are going to go to the laborers. We're approaching it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. He's going to endue us with power from on high. It's got a hold of me. It's got a hold of me. It was the will of God for me to speak this morning and tonight um, to share this with you. I'm giving it to you. What you do with it is on you. But I'm just telling you, I'm not stopping. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care. I'm going to pray this thing through until I get to that place. Honestly, I don't think it's going to be that long. I, anytime you get to dealing with time and thinking, well, I think it's going to happen by this, you're always wrong. That's been my experience.
And I, I, I said that, and then I'm going to tell you, I really believe that for me it will happen before the first of the year. But if it doesn't, you know what? Man, I'm going to tell you what, I know how to hunt. I know how to pursue. I know how to grab a something and not let it go. God knew that when he gave it to me. He just allowed me to be born with that. Praise God. We're a people of destiny. We're going to see his glory. He spoke to us two or three years ago. Four or five. It may have been five years ago. I don't know. Some of you will remember. He said to us, I have put my name here. My glory shall come or shall follow. And ever since then, I have filed that away and wondered, oh God, when is this going to happen? Well, he's given me the signal. It's time for us to zero in on that. Get to the glory. And those places that are hungry and are pursuing like we're pursuing. I would hope there would be one in every city. I, I don't think so, but wherever it is, that's his business. It's going to happen. And they're just going to come out of the woodwork. And we're wondering, how'd you hear? It's possible for somebody to watch on, on YouTube or Facebook and something click and them have some, a neighbor that, and them talking with their neighbor on the front porch the next day and them say, I've, I've got cancer. And she say, well, I've been watching a church online where praise God. Let's love him right now, shall we?